Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Filmmaker Denny Tedesco's follow-up to his excellent documentary film, The Wrecking Crew, is the equally entertaining documentary, Immediate Family. The film tracks the rise and collaboration of a group of legendary studio musicians through the 1970s and onward, chronicling the illustrious partnership of their formidable record of hit-making. While The Wrecking Crew followed the first wave of studio musicians in the 1960s, Immediate Family reveals the machinery behind the booming era of the singer-songwriter, when the talents of these four musicians was in furious demand. They worked with such people as James Taylor, Jackson Brown, Linda Ronstadt, Carol King, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. These four musicians, Danny Korchmore, Waddy Wachtel, who the guitarist, drummer Russ Kunkel, bassist Leland Scalar, as well as Steve Postel, who's joined them more recently to perform their own songs known as the band Immediate Family. We're honored to have with us back on the program, director Denny Tedesco. Denny, welcome back to Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. How are you? I read where you were a bit reluctant to get back into doing another documentary about the music industry and about musicians in general. Uh, obviously, you overcame that inhibition to focus your attention on these five musicians. Was there something specific where you felt like you had the creative space to want to get back into doing this kind of a documentary? Um, when, it, when they approached me with it, the producers came to me because they were approached by Lisa Roy, who was the publicist of the band. And they were talking about something. They said, and she said, what about the guys in this band, you know, immediate family? And they came to me and they said, what do you guys, what do you think? And I said, who's in the band? And, and they said, and I went, oh, yeah, okay. I get that because that was the era of my era, the seventies. Yeah. You know, I grew up, you know, in high school and, you know, in the seventies. So I knew all these names, like you said earlier, you know, you read all those liner notes. Those were the notes I was reading the same ones. Um, so my reluctance was always not so much. Uh, I was scared to do another one, you know, because a, is there another story? There's always a story. It's not, is there another story? what is the hook? What is the story for me to tell? And them being a group called Immediate Family, I instantly understood why they were called Immediate Family because there's a brotherhood, a sisterhood in this, in this film or in this band. Um, they've been playing together for over 50 years on and off with, you know, they, they aren't a band necessarily all the time. You know, so they're always playing with this person, that person, and then sometimes they come together and they go off, don't see each other for months or a year, whatever, and they come back and they just like pick up where they left off. So I thought, well, that's my hook is the fact that they keep coming back and playing with each other. And the other hook was at the end of the Wrecking Crew, uh, Lou Adler, you know, the producer of the Mamas and Papas and Jan and Dean who used all the Wrecking Crew guys, I said to him, I said, did you make a conscious decision when you did Tapestry with Carol King? Did you make a conscious decision to change your sound? He goes, no, absolutely not. He goes, Carol brought her friends in. She brought in Cooch and, and James Taylor. So I thought this is the absolute perfect handoff from one film to another. 
because it's very difficult to focus on some things. You know, there's so many other players that you could do. You know, you got Jeff Bacall, you got Steve uh, Lukather, you got Jim Keltner, all those other players of that era. And we did interview Bob Glob and did interview Jim Keltner, but we just couldn't fit it into this film. It didn't make sense. There were other bands from this era that I can think of, actually a little past the time of James Taylor and Jackson Brown, groups like Toto, Steely Dan, they made a career out of using studio musicians. But there's something about this particular group of musicians that are special. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, there was a, the time was, you know, different. I mean, they were in and out, you know, but it, it was, it was a, you know, they fed off you. The only difference that the 60s guys, session players, and these guys is these guys end up going on the road any of these players that's the other big difference you know my father tommy tedesco never went on the road as a you know as a player he didn't need to he didn't want to you know he's making way too much money staying home doing three or four sessions a day yeah. in 1967-68 you know so you don't leave your seat and give it to someone else right. uh, these guys could leave because at the beginning of their day they weren't that busy you know, they're busy, but they're not where it's like so intense that they're not going to, you know, and once they go on the road, they're supporting the album they just recorded. They're not going on the road as a road guy. They're doing what they just recorded. So when it was a different, you know, animal. And in the case of your dad, Tommy Tedesco, very rare for a working musician to be able to be home for dinner. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in, in those days, in the 60s, you didn't want to go on the road for many reasons, because obviously it's a hard life, but you're not getting paid that much. Yeah. You know, you were not getting paid, you know, and the road, you know, it's like Peter Asher and Danny said, you know, that's how they met. You know, Peter Asher comes with uh, Peter and Gordon and they meet Danny as this group called the King Bees. They become like their backup band while they're in America. You know, it's like you do two, three songs. It was... Uh, what was the, you know, um, Dick Clark's, I don't want to say, what's the word? American Bandstand? Yeah, no, but it was when they would go on the road, you have about 10 groups and you do two songs, two songs, two songs. The sound was awful. You know, there was no monitors. So that's why, you know, obviously the Beatles, it was a great interview with David Crosby I did. And he was talking about the Beatles. And he goes, I went to a Dodger Stadium with George Harrison you know, to do the beat. And he goes, I'm on backstage with George and I just pick up his guitar and start tuning it for him. You know, before he goes out and he goes, what are you doing? He's just tuning your guitar. He says, give it to me. You don't need to tune it. They can't hear anything. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's like, whatever. I mean, George probably couldn't hear his own guitar. Well, the legend was that it was Shea Stadium, the concert at Shea Stadium, famous concert. This is when the Beatles stopped touring because they literally couldn't hear themselves. Because that's why things changed. When the 70s came around, they had monitors. The sound is better. The, re the record labels are kind of pushing them, the acts, meaning like they're supporting them on the road to get them out there because now they're selling albums. Albums are a different... Albums and FM changed the business because now they're doing a whole, you know, eight songs, 10 songs on an album. They're not just fluff. They're meant to be there. You know, in the 60s, you could have a couple hits off an album, but the rest of the songs are cover songs of something everybody else did, a Beatles cover or something. 
One of the joys of this documentary film, Immediate Family, is watching these five musicians who have nothing to prove. They've played with some of the greatest artists of their generation and beyond. And the fact is they seem to genuinely like being around one another. They genuinely like one another. So it's a joy to watch them together, not only just playing music, but just hanging out. It is. You know, it, because it's it's kind of what I grew up with, with like the round table, the first film and this film. I grew up with musicians bantering. I grew up with music. I didn't watch my dad play guitar. He never played at home. He didn't need to. He never practiced. I didn't see him play guitar at home until 1978, 77, you know, when he's doing his own stuff. So I grew up with musicians banter. That's how I looked at it. And so watching these guys, I want to hang. I can't play an instrument, by the way. I don't play an instrument. Not that I don't want to play an instrument. I just don't. And I can't. But I love hanging out with them because they crack me up. You know, they always zing each other. It's like one over. It's like who can. And they, it's I call it the quartet or the quintet for these guys without their instruments. Because they sit at that table and they just razz each other, you know, lovingly. And that's what's so much fun. I just want to let people know that the film Immediate Family is coming out as we speak on December 15th. And it's going to be available throughout Southern California for listening to the sound of our conversation in the Southern California area. It'll be at a number of Lemley theaters. I would go to magnoliapictures.com. They have a list of all of the theaters that will be playing at which I know that Lindley Glendale, the NoHo in Santa Clarita, it's all over. So be looking for it at uh, magnoliapictures.com. That is a great place to find out where you can see this wonderful documentary film. Denny, anything you'd like to add to that? No, just, you know, it's it's a great film for the holiday, actually. I'm not saying because it's my film. It's, you know, what I love about this film because of these guys, you know, um, I watch it with audiences. I've watched it so many times now. We, you know, we had what 27, 28 festivals and we had like 17 yeah. awards. But I watch the audience now. I watch how they get laugh and they cry. And they, and it doesn't matter if you're red, blue, is you know, black, you know, pink, it doesn't matter what your your persuasion is, it all it's let down, you know, it's music brings people together. Yes. You want a film to watch during the holidays with your kids. You know, I'm not talking about 10, you know, five-year-olds. It's not that kind of a film, but you know, if you're adult kids, you know, it's a fabulous film to watch because it does bring back a lot of memories. I think now's a good time to talk about the origin story for immediate family and really comes down to when James Taylor met Danny Korchmar, they didn't even know they were musicians at the time they met. So, yeah, Danny meets uh, James at the Cape, you know, when they're kids, like 13 and 15 years old. So every summer they would kind of hang out. And then all of a sudden they're in New York and they create a band called The Flying Machine. And that breaks up. And then Danny says, you know, James says, I might go to London. He goes, well, look up my friend Peter Gordon. I'm Peter Gordon, Peter Asher. Well, he's there. And he goes, OK. And so he goes there. Peter Asher has just started working with Apple Records. He's the head of Apple Records. And they haven't signed a group yet. And he, and he goes, oh, what's your name? And James, and he goes, oh, friend of Danny's. Okay, what do you do? I'm a songwriter. Oh, okay, well, what do you got? And he goes, he starts playing. 
And he goes, oh, my God. So he signs James Taylor. I mean, it's like a bad, bad, bad movie script. Someone knocks on the door and he starts playing and, okay, we'll sign you. And so, but it, that moment, he goes to Apple. And then the next album, Peter brings him to America, back to L.A., to do uh, work on the second album with Warner Brothers. And he manages them. But Danny's in L.A. now. Carol King's in L.A. So Danny gets Carol and they put the band together and they get uh, Leland's. Uh, no, they don't put Leland on the album, but basically it's Russ Kunkel and Leland. They go on the road and with uh, with Danny and um, and James. And they uh, that's where it starts. But you, what's wild is if you take Peter Asher out of the picture, yeah. just look them out. Music changes because there's maybe no James Taylor. There's no opportunity. Maybe, you know, the Carol's, you know, even though Tapestry Carol works with uh, Lou after that, but, you know, she's gets encouraged by James to go do her own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always this thread. I couldn't agree more with you about the, the happenstance and how things unfold in, in a certain way. And if they'd made a left turn instead of a right turn we wouldn't be having this conversation but you look at these albums and where i really came into knowing about these particular musicians was when they started doing their work with jackson brown linda ronstadt warren zevon and then finally their work with don henley and his those three solo albums that album and those albums and that music just pop off the record. It really has a distinctive sound. It's clean. It is, it's really top notch musicianship. And Don Henley even says, you know, he says about Danny Coachman, who Danny is the one that encouraged Don to do his own act, to go solo. After yeah. he broke up with the Eagles, he says, you should do your own thing. Yeah. And, you know, you go, wow, okay, so, you know, Danny does produces the first three albums for Don Henley. And it's interesting because I got to relive these albums again. You know, it's been so long. You know, you forget and you start listening to them albums closer and closer. Put them on the, L, you know, on your, you put your LPs out and you're listening to all 10 songs now. And I'm, I've got to relive that. Yeah. You know, they're still doing gigs now. Like Leland and Russ are on the road a lot of times with uh, Lyle Lovett, you know, spending... Yeah months on the road uh wadi is on the road with stevie nicks still you know months in you know they don't stop playing and recording well congratulations on immediate family Thanks. um it's a wonderful documentary film danny tedesco was as i mentioned was responsible for this immediate family as well as wrecking crew thank, thank you, you so very much thank you take care bye-bye You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 